0: Welcome back to PNH Expanded. This is Mike McDonald. Um, Still disappointed. I'm sure you are too. I don't want to drag your chin alongside mine. uh, But I do want to try and dissect a few um, moments in the game that could have been different with my Captain Hindsight cloak on. um, Which, of course, is so much easier than standing Uh, field level like Arteta has to do and try to figure all these different things out so first of all as always starting with the sliding doors moment well I think if you read the blog that I can't get past the fact that I think that the messaging was wrong I don't know if it's something that was said that was misinterpreted or the wrong thing was said or the right thing wasn't said. And this is just personal preference not a critique of somebody that knows much more than I but I have always felt in every home game and in every game away where you should be dominant that those first 20 minutes are so so crucial Um, they are so crucial because You have such a belief going in, or you should do, based on your opponent or based on the fact that your home fans, you know, about 55,000 of them are excited to be there to watch you play and they are ready to energise you and you should never pop that balloon. And I just felt that the lack of urgency that we showed in the first half in particular um, was just deflated the balloon and just put us behind the eight ball unnecessarily so much of that I felt was unnecessary and and I think that's just changed by the message and we'll never know what the message was so can only assume but I didn't feel like it was corrected at half time we did step up the intensity maybe after the first 10-15 minutes of the second half I think it was off the back of Burnley having a really good opportunity, which normally you know, makes you pull your pants up and realise that you better get with it. But I don't know that this was a game where our coach excelled like he has been recently in other areas. And I do want to say that, uh, and I've said this one before too, that people don't. suppose realize that coaches can have bad games like players can have bad games they have a completely different job but they can miss things or they can just focus in on the wrong things their emotion can drive them in the wrong direction and they can uh end up speaking on um incidences that have perhaps happened and gone and can be addressed on monday morning uh, or get focused um on the wrong areas rather than what needs to be changed and how we could uh, adjust and win. I don't know, just rambling here, but it's just trying to get the point across, I think, that I feel like the message had to be on top of whatever tactics you want the team to employ, the message has to be that you start with intensity and try to implant fear into the other team. As a team like Burnley coming to Arsenal should have a level of fear of, oh boy, what could happen here? They should have that anyway. Um, And if their coaches got them all riled up to the point where they don't have that, then in the first three minutes, you make sure that you do what their coach didn't do. And you make sure that they understand that you're the boss. Anyhow, moving on to a positive that I wanted to... Oh boy, finding positives was tough. I actually have this notepad, of course, that, you know, you scribble notes down of what you want to write and say. And I had nothing, not a single positive written down. And, you know, of course, there were positives and you probably read about them, but it was a little bit sad that I had nothing written down, um, and that's probably a first. Uh, And I probably got carried away with emotion of that and was probably too mad to write one down. But I did find five or six things that I think genuinely are positive, and this one I think long-term is positive, which is when I fantasise about the centre-forward that we're going to get in, and it looks like all the centre-forwards that we're linked with be it Vlajevic or Jonathan David, Alexander Izak, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, they all have a similar physical threat um, movement in the box. And so I guess my point is that there's a couple of players on our team in particular, like Martinelli and Odegaard, that I think when we get that piece, that centre forward, I think those two players in particular will see their efficiency rise. I think... Odegaard will be um, seen to try and dissect the defence where I don't think he tries to do that much if at all which is the superpower I talk about and I think everybody agrees that that's the one thing that he has that maybe others don't um, but he's underutilised because he doesn't utilise that because he feels it's worthless with Eddie or Lacquer up there and then Martinelli of course um, with his golden first touch off these many long switches or long balls from Ramsdale White and his, um, the situation that he finds himself in one-on-one running at defenders, often there'll be some end product to that and some more belief that if I put a ball in the box in the air it won't just be Ben Me that's heading it out. We might actually once or twice be able to head it in just as one example. But those are two players that I think who are playing very well right now but still there's let's say another twenty percent to come and I don't think that they can give it because soccer's soccer, I call it soccer. Football is a team sport and so for a player whose priority is to provide, they can only provide if the person receiving is willing and in the right position and able to make their product look effective. So there you have it. There are two things I wanted to pick out that I think need to be improved. So um, firstly, I watched uh, after I'd calmed down and got past my son complaining about the Defender's taking so long and then deciding to pass to each other um, I said well Max you've got to look at uh, the players that don't have the ball in front of them and look at what they're looking at and you know we call it scanning and and when a player like Samby, perhaps or odegaard smith when they're about to receive the ball have they checked over their shoulder and look for colour um, and that should be their first look Uh, Johan Cruyff always said you should never have to look locally because your peripheral vision sees what's locally around you but if you look far in the distance so if you look over your shoulder and you look 20 or 30 yards then you'll see what's in the distance the runs behind the defence the longer balls between the lines you'll see those and you'll also see the local stuff because when you pick your head up higher, you get to see close and far. I didn't see that, and so that's a concern. Um, and that's sort of a midfielder that I wish for is is a midfielder like Fabregas, because if you remember him, he would have his head on a swivel and he would scan every two to three seconds, constantly checking. To see not just where his options were, but where's the best option, the one that the people on TV can see with their widescreen TV, and they can see the run off the ball. But we have, a, you know, a coke in our hand and and sitting in a recliner, and it's easy for us. And if you're down on the field, being pressed, being shouted at. And conf- the confusion of all of that. What what do you see? And I'm not sure our midfielders are seeing. The, and I, th- I felt this way all the way back to when Abamying, I think a season, season and a half ago, was making so many good runs behind the defence and not being found, and more often than not, it's because he wasn't being seen. And it, it used to frustrate me because I could see it, and then I think if I can see it, surely they can see it. And then I remember when I used to play football. No, 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 that's not how this works. Just because they're better than me doesn't mean that they see it. And I'm sitting on a couch. So it's a lot more complex for them, unless they do what Johan Cruyff suggested, which is you scan, you do it often, and you look into the distance, so you can see the distance and you can see what's local. You see both. Our players need to learn that. Okay, the other one that I felt the tactical switch That I felt would have changed things and we've seen this before and it was odd that we didn't do this but you know when you're playing against a stubborn it was sometimes a mid block that they played with sometimes it was a deeper block but either which way it was a very compact organized defensive unit they were letting us have the wings okay well we should be a team that if you let us have the middle we can penetrate through the middle If you let us have the wings, well, we can do that too. And whatever you give us, we can take advantage of that situation because we're Arsenal, we're not Burnley. And we have, or we should have, strength in all of those areas, certainly enough to beat Burnley. Uh, So, okay, they gave us the wings, but did we really capitalise in the areas that they gave us? No team can cover the whole pitch, no matter how good they are. They're going to leave you something because the pitch is too big. So you have to try and take what they leave you. And I don't feel like Arteta did that. So as an example, you know, I think that perhaps uh, not playing holding, leaving White in the middle. So we have that penetration coming from White, as he has done all season through the middle, and then maybe play Taverez at right back. He's two-footed and uh, let Saka Do what Saka does, get the ball and come inside and drive across and have Tavares overlapping around the block. The block becomes um, irrelevant, I think, if you can go around it. And that's what they are desperately hoping that you don't do. They want you to try to go through it, not around it. But we didn't have an overlapping fullback And I think sometimes our system is trusted regardless of the game that's in front of us. And the game that was in front of us and the joy we were having was a left-footed right-winger in Saka coming inside. A right-footed left-winger in Martinelli coming inside. But nobody going past him. And that's an exaggeration. Tierney went past Martinelli a few times, sometimes got the ball... One golden opportunity wasn't given it, but then still, you've got the issue of what happens next. You've got one of the best crossers in the Premier League in Tierney as far as aerial crossing, yet he knows when he puts the ball in the air, it's going to bend me, right? I mean, bend me or Lacazette, come on. So, I just frustrating, right? So, that's what I would have done is uh, switch them. Uh, you could either switch them, put Saka on the left so he can go around the outside himself and not need someone overlapping. Martinelli on the right, he's done that many times. Go around the outside, cut in, don't need a right back or leave them where they were and utilise the overlap on the right side as well as Tierney on the left side. But we didn't do that. We made it too difficult and intricate trying to go through the middle or we gave up and just toss balls in for Ben Mee. Brr, frustrating. Okay, so to try and find some solutions to this just for fun, right, um, I if the Vlajovic thing doesn't work and it looks like they've put all the eggs in that basket, or at least they have to this point, there seems to be rumor that we're going to put a deadline on him wasting our time pretending like he's coming where maybe he has no intention. I don't know but there's going to have to be some days left for us to try to at least make a short-term fix to this if he won't come. So there's a couple of things we could do. We could just get a lone player in and I've scribbled down a few names. Uh, I've mentioned Giroud before because he would solve two of our problems that we currently have he would solve the ability for us to get um, the first chance at the near post. That's his specialty. And he would be the hold-up threat, the aerial threat. And again, he's not going to necessarily be the future, but this isn't about the future. And we've been given this golden ticket to go to the Champions League this season that we probably thought wasn't going to be for this season. So we need to ca- attempt to capitalise on it. You could maybe go for a short-term deal for, I think he's 30, 31 years of age 6 foot 6 6 foot 7 Val Veghorst playing in the Bundesliga um, is part of the Dutch national team and a huge aerial threat again just an alternative for us so in a game like Burnley when you are crossing the ball in the air to Ben Me maybe this guy is bigger than Ben Me uh, you've got a player who's not uh, as dominant in the air but still good in the air very good in the air actually is Luka Jovic I think Real Madrid are more than happy to release him he's not playing um, and he's got uh, pace where these other two guys don't so you've got maybe a bit more of an all-round centre forward Um, the other way of looking at this is this I think I've thought that perhaps it's smarter anyway to go by your second striker the, the one you want to be the backup to the guy you want to buy, let's say in the summer, and you buy him first. So, say for example, that Arsenal want Dusan Vlahovic as their first choice centre forward. I think that seems obvious that that's what they want. And let's say that um, because you need two, and we're going to lose a and probably lose Lacazette, so you have to have two, you can't just have one centre forward and Eddie. Uh, or, or Balogun, you've got to have two. Uh, whether you play with two or, you know, you have squad options. And much like we had Lacazette and Ibamiang who, you know, at their best were two very good centre-forwards um, and, and spent a lot of money on both. That's about £100 million or more, right? So there's going to be two that will probably come in. So if you buy somebody like, let's say, Jonathan David, if he's your second choice and you buy him first then you create a situation that you weren't possibly expecting because then if you buy him and you let him play for four months and he proves to be the solution and you thought he was going to be the backup okay so then come the summer you've got a far more rosy situation you don't necessarily have to go buy a first choice maybe you can buy a cheaper second choice even though you thought this guy was going to be second choice but you realize actually He's good enough to be first-choice. And the intelligence in this isn't just that. It's if you buy the first-choice player first and he flies, how much harder is it to go buy your second choice? Do you have to buy and try to get a good quality one? And that's, I think I pointed this out a couple of weeks ago, that's what Tottenham have suffered for, from for quite a few years. They got Harry Kane in first... And their backup to him. Or do you know the guy's name? I know, sort of know what he looks like. I forget his name. And the guy before that, who was that? He wasn't very good either. But they couldn't get somebody that was even close to Harry Kane because they knew that they weren't going to play. So you buy Dusan Vlahovic now, and don't get me wrong, I'd be thrilled. But then if he does what you think he's going to do then who is going to want to come in as backup to that guy? The guy that is going to play every minute of every game that he's available. Are you going to get a player like, you know, Calvert-Lewin or Izak or a really good quality backup option? It's going to be harder. Because they will think that Dusan Vlajevic is going to play the whole time. So, I know this may be overthinking it. and uh, But it's just the realities of... Of how this thing works I think. So I will leave you at 19 minutes and a half and that's good and it's uh, late here in Tennessee and, um, and I'm tired and we will not see Arsenal for a little while so um, I uh, will speak to you on the Twitters if you have something to say. Uh, I will say also that if you have any or know of anybody that has some tickets for home Arsenal games coming up this season, uh, please get in touch because my brother, who lives over there, has never taken his five-year-old son to the Emirates and now wants to do it, and his son's ready to experience that, but he needs a couple of tickets, two, three, or four. Um, So if you have any, please get in touch so I can bless my brother um, and his little boy. So that would be cool. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Thanks for reading. Bye.